0: If you have a Bible, would you like to turn to the book of Judges? And today we're starting a new summer series, a new teaching series, and we're looking at heroes of faith, all chosen from uh, the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11. And today we're looking at the story of Samson. And many of you will know that uh, the nation of Israel, God's people, God's chosen people, they were in this constant cycle in the Old Testament of sin and judgment and deliverance. And there, there was this movement consistently between them being faithful and then being unfaithful, and God being faithful to them, and then them being faithful and then being unfaithful. And at this time, where we're going to pick up the story today, uh, they don't have a king. And they don't want God to be their king. And so God has to raise up judges, raise up leaders, raise up people to lead the people, to deliver them from their enemies, the Philistines. And on this occasion, we're reading about God raising up Samson. So it's Judges chapter 13, and we're reading through 1 to 14, and then verses 24 and 25. The birth of Samson. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, he's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, When your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. And then jumping on to verses 24 and 25. The woman gave birth to a boy. And named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manasseh. Sorry, while he was in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtael. I'd encourage you to read, if you find time, maybe this weekend or at some point this week, the whole story of Samson all the way up till chapter 16. We don't have quite enough time to go through it right now, but it really, truly is a Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, Some of you might be familiar with the story. There's romance, there's suspense, there's action. There's actually quite a lot of violence at various points. I think it involves Samson killing quite a few people with a donkey jawbone, which is slightly random. But there's betrayal. There's unfaithfulness. And ultimately, at the end, there is redemption in this story. And ultimately, what Samson is famous for is his physical strength. But actually, where he was weak was in the strength of his character, and that's really what I want to talk to us today about, is how to grow in godly character. How do we build character strength? Our reputation is built upon the strength of our character. Abraham Lincoln said, character is like a tree and reputation is its shadow. Reputation is what people see, but the tree is the real thing. Character is so crucial. It's the foundation of integrity and trust. A couple of years ago on the front cover of the Week magazine, not quite sure what we feel about this headline now, but can we trust Boris? And I'm sure in our news headlines over the last days and weeks and months, there's been a number of leaders in our society. We're thinking, can we trust them? We tend to err towards charisma, but actually it's character that really counts. So often we can celebrate gifting above character, but there's a world of difference between the two. Gifting is external, but character is internal. Gifting is learnt, but character is formed. I like... One poet who put it this way, fame is a vapor, popularity an accident. Riches take wings, but only one thing endures, and that's character. So how do we build strong, godly character? How do we avoid some of the pitfalls that Samson fell into? I wonder what we can take away from this story. Just three very quick things today. First of all, remember Your divine destiny. If we're to build strength of character, firstly, we need to remember our divine destiny. Samson had a divine destiny. In verse 5, it says that he was dedicated to God, set apart from birth in order to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. He was called to be a Nazarite. And in those days, a Nazarite was someone who was set apart. They weren't able to drink any alcohol. They weren't to touch anything that was dead or decaying. And in Samson's case, he wasn't able to cut his hair. So he had to let his hair grow long. Even his mother, in this situation, as his son was set apart to be a Nazarite, wasn't allowed to drink any fermented drink or eat or touch anything ceremonially unclean. Samson was born with a divine destiny. He grew up with all the gifting, all the charisma. If Samson lived today, he'd be smashing it at sports day. He'd have a blue Oxford. He'd have great grades. He'd have a sharp sharp haircut, a great suit. He'd probably have the right car. On the outside, he had it all. But on the inside, his character was cracking. And this is so often what we see in our society. People on the outside seem to have it all together. But on the inside, there's disloyalty, unfaithfulness, secrecy, ultimately a lack of integrity. And Samson's attention was so easily diverted. He disregarded the destiny that was upon his life. He forgot his calling and he pursued other desires. I think so often that's attention for all of us. In so many ways, we are called for a divine purpose. As the people of God, we have a divine destiny. But we're so often caught in this tension by our own desires that draw us away. Sometimes they can be destructive, different patterns of behavior. And actually, it's not so much in the big choices, it's in the small choices that we make every day. How we spend our time, how we spend our money in our work, in our relationships, the choices that we make. We're called to live in the light of our divine destiny, to live with integrity and with faithfulness. Samson, in this story, as we read further on, he made some pretty bad choices. He finds himself, on more than one occasion, in enemy territory. He ignores his parents' advice and their wisdom, He departs from his Nazarite vow. There's one part in the story where he kills a lion with his bare hands. He finds honey in the carcass, and he decides to eat it, breaking that vow. And in Samson's story, one thing led to another. One bad decision leads to another bad decision, resulting in revenge, retribution, and regret. Samson constantly compromised his character, He constantly disregarded his calling. But for each one of us, if we're to grow in strength of character, we need to live in light of the divine destiny that God has for each one of us. So don't forget your divine destiny. Second thing is stay open, honest, and transparent. We all make mistakes, we all fail. The question is not, will we fail, but will we fail to learn from our mistakes? And accountability is so key to growing in character. With Samson, rather than confess his mistakes, he conceals. He covers up his behavior. And despite his great physical strength, Samson isn't strong enough to confess his weaknesses. And in Samson's case, we read further on in the story, his weakness was for women. At the end of chapter 15, it says that Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. And as we jump on, at the beginning of chapter 16, it says one day when Samson went down to Gaza where he saw a prostitute, he went in to spend the night with her. 20 years later... 20 years have passed, and Samson is still in the same patterns of behavior. He still fails to be open and transparent and accountable. You would have thought that he would begin to think, hang on a minute, this is not how I should be living. This same thing happened 20 years ago, and here I am 20 years on. And I wonder what that looks like for us, with our different patterns of behavior. Are we open? Are we honest? Are we transparent? Are we accountable? Last October I did something called an extreme character challenge. I don't know if anybody's done it. It's called the XCC and uh, for a few nights we went away in the Brecon Beacons to do some sort of wild camping and walking. And as part of that few days away with a number of other people there was this exercise where we had to get into pairs and we were carrying these huge backpacks with all of our kits in them and we were asked to give ourselves a letter A or B so standing in pairs I said well I'll be A and then the instructor who was there said okay all the A's you have to carry the B's bags so it was this hugely deflating moment as the B's took off their bags and the A's not only had their own backpack but they had to pick up their partner's backpack and just walk and that was it and we just went from there the instructors didn't say anything we were just carrying this huge bag and I remember I was lucky enough to hand my bag over to my partner and as I was walking I was thinking you know I just I feel so guilty I feel guilty that, you know, my weight has been lifted. And I was thinking, I feel so terrible. Like, this must be just so hard for the person walking. And we carried on walking, and we carried on walking. And after about 500 meters, the instructor said, okay, put down your bag. And you know, we were expecting that it was going to be a swap-over moment. And that we were all going to have to take those bags. But actually, what they said was, no, that's the end of the exercise. And what they did at that moment is the people who'd been carrying the bags, they asked them a question. And the question was, How did you feel carrying your partner's bag? And I thought that's such a great question. And nearly everybody responded by saying, It was a privilege to carry their load. I felt honored to be able to give them a break. What I was expecting to hear was, oh, such a burden, I'm so exhausted. But I was amazed that people said it was a privilege to carry their load. And you know what I learned in that moment is so often so many of us are carrying things. And we hold them in and we hold them back and we're not accountable, we're not open, we're not transparent with them. Because we think other people won't be able to carry the load with us or for us. But actually what I discovered in that moment is that when we're open, when we're transparent, when we trust other people enough to carry something of our burdens, they say it's such an honor. And I've experienced that in my own life when I've gone to others, when I've confessed things that I've done wrong. Ways I've behaved, things I've said. Rather than feeling ashamed, often I've felt this weight lifting. And them saying, thank you for sharing that. Can I pray for you? I feel so privileged and honored that you've shared that. Can we keep talking about this together? You see, the issue for Samson was girls. I was asked at a job interview once, uh, what's your thing? Girls, gold, or glory? I think I might have said probably all three in different ways. But that classic combination, money, sex, and power, challenging our character deep in our core. And it's so important as we try to live lives of accountability to know what might be our triggers. What are the things we have to be mindful of? Maybe when we get tired, maybe when we're anxious, maybe it's around our phone or the internet. Maybe it's other challenges around food. In this story, Samson was looking for his desires to be met in all the wrong places. He was searching for intimacy and significance with others where only he could find that intimacy and significance in God. So if we're to grow in character, remember your divine destiny. Be open, honest, and transparent. And thirdly and finally, find freedom in Jesus Towards the end of Samson's story, we find him deep in enemy territory. Again, he's fraternizing with the very people that he's called to deliver the people of God from. He's done all of those things. He's deserted his divine calling. He's not chosen to be open and honest and transparent. And yet, Despite his unfaithfulness, despite his lack of character and integrity, God remains faithful to Samson. And ultimately faithful to the plan that he has for the people of God. And in chapter 16, we read that Samson falls in love with Delilah. And the Philistine rulers, they try to take advantage of this. And they want to find out the secret of Samson's great physical strength. And so Delilah is sent in to find out and asks him a number of times, what's the secret of your physical strength? Two or three times he tells the wrong answer. And they come and they try and attack him. And again, with his huge strength, he overpowers them. And then he gives in. His character's too weak. And he, he gives it away. He says, my physical strength, the secret is in my hair it says in verse 20 i'll go out as before and shake myself free from these cords but in that moment it says but he did not know that the lord had left him at that moment after breaking his vow one last time the lord the spirit of god had moved from him you see the secret really of Samson's physical strength was not so much in his gifting, what he could bring, but actually it was in his roots, in the roots of his hair. And it's the same for us. The secret of growing in strength and character is in our roots, it's in our devotion to God, as it was for Samson, his being set apart to God. When Samson was at his weakest physically, he actually is at his strongest spiritually. The weaker Samson got, the stronger he became. And in this story, Samson's hair begins to grow back. And as his hair grows back, so Samson's humility grows. His repentance grows. His dependence on God grows And in that moment, even after all of the things that he had undertaken, losing his physical sight, his uh, the eyes of his heart are able to fix on God, and he prays. In verse twenty-eight, it says, "Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, remember me." Even though he'd gone so far away from God. In that moment, he cries out to him and says, remember me. What I love about this story is that ultimately God gets him to where he's supposed to be. Defeating the Philistines. And as he's in Dagon's temple at the end with his arms outstretched wide, pushing the pillars apart to bring the building down on the people. Little did he know that with his arms stretched out wide, he was pointing to the one who gave his life for us on the cross. The one who was faithful to each one of us. The one who is ultimately our deliverer. And I want to encourage us today, as we choose to remember our divine destiny, to be open, transparent, And accountable with one another. To find freedom in Jesus. That we can bring those things that hold us back. Bring those things that weaken our character. And say God I give this to you. Because I know even though at times I've been unfaithful to you. I know that you are faithful to me. And through the power of the cross. Through the power of your forgiveness. I can know that strength that comes from you. And through your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen.